being rejected by him was very challenging. And it, what it does is it really taps into what's wrong with me. Start us off with a word of prayer. Okay. Father, we thank you. God, we just feel you. We just feel your presence right where we are. No matter where we are on the face of this world, God, you know where we are. You know the numbers of hairs on our head, God, and we are thankful. We are thankful that our names are engraved in your hand and that you never forget us. You never forsake us. You are always right by our side. God, we ask that you will move today during this time that we have together, just helping helping women, helping each other, just to take that step, just to move forward, God. It is all about moving forward. It is all about seeking you. It is all about you. It's not about us. It's not even about the things that we go through. It is all about kingdom building. And so we thank you that you've given us that opportunity to establish your kingdom here as it is in heaven. And so, God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dr. Marisha Stewart is a licensed minister, an encourager, an author, a counselor, and above all, you help women recognize their crown. Now that one for me does it. That one does it for me. Is there anything that I've left out? I have to I have to say you had me when you first pronounced my name. Uh-huh. So typically people <laughs> people don't know how to pronounce my name. Uh-huh. So it's so interesting, um, I think, for many women, especially when you're in relationships, we tend to be someone and not who we really are. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, just you pronouncing my name is impactful for me because uh, with my ex, who I was with for 24 years, he never pronounced my name correctly. And I never corrected him, but he, you know, when, when you have people who don't know you, they don't know you. So they don't know how to pronounce your name. And so uh, you just pronouncing my name, it just gave me joy. You know, my, I, I, I literally believe that it just means a light. That is what God has called me to be. He's called me to be a light. He's also called me to be transparent. Right. And so that's what I truly believe. Um, when you say, who am I? I'm a light. That's all I am. Wow. You <laughs> are a light. Knowing your name is really important to you. Mm-hmm. And God says in his word that he knows our name. You want to talk about that? 
you know, it's so interesting because he he had a name for us even before we were in our mother's womb. You know, we yeah. we've always been his beloved. And that that name is so interesting because when people call us out of our name, we get offended. And and it and it and really we shouldn't get offended when you really know who you are. Yeah. You got to know who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so whenever somebody calls you out of your name, it shouldn't bother you because you know who you are. And so that is the connection between really understanding that God knows your name, but he knew it even before you were in your mother's womb because he spoke your name into mm-hmm. your mother's womb before you were even born. But you got to grasp that piece yeah. of knowing yeah. who you are in Christ, because that yeah. that's what matters. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not. So for me, it doesn't really matter that. A, so a lot of people mess up the pronunciation of my name. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because I know who I am. And you got to get to that place, mm-hmm. you know, and who you are as a woman, as a person, and who you are in Christ and who God called you to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Identity. Identity is very key in life. And when we know who we are, then no matter what people say, we are grounded. We are grounded in Christ. And that is what matters. Mm-hmm. Before we go any further, Dr. Marishka, the COVID-19 virus, what is your take, especially about the vaccine? It's so interesting. I just did a... Um... My girlfriend and I, we do a women's empowerment session monthly. And we Mm -hmm. talk about trust. Mm -hmm. And during this time, there's so many people who do not trust. We don't trust science. Mm -hmm. We don't trust doctors. We don't Mm -hmm. even trust each other. And so the pandemic has brought, I would say it, it, it has exposed our fear. It's exposed our doubt. It is exposed a lot in us, even Christians, even believers. It is exposed so much that it has exposed our unbelief. And that is truly, I believe, where we are. Plagues have happened almost every hundred years. We've never experienced it, but plagues have happened every hundred years and so the spanish flu happened a hundred years ago and guess what they got through it we're going to get through it as well but the the piece is how do we trust everything that's going on how do we trust god's plan because this was in god's plan how do we trust god's plan now when it comes to the vaccine you know a lot of people say well it takes so long it used to take a long time to create a vaccine But what people fail to realize, there's a number behind COVID. The number is 19, which means this isn't number one, number two, number three. This is strain 19. So this may be new for the world, but it wasn't new to science. It wasn't new to researchers. And it definitely wasn't new to God. And so my piece is this is God's plan, right? Uh, there storms happen storm ha- storms happen in the bible they're happening right now they're happening to us collectively but the question is 
how can we love our brothers and sisters as we love ourselves? And that's my, that's my piece on it. My piece is on my piece is how do you love your brother and sister as you love yourself? Because if you love your brother and sister, you would think about their health first before you think about your own. And when you think about others, other people's health, then you make a decision on what you need to do. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You're such a powerhouse. I can listen and listen to you. My God. I'd like us to study a scripture just briefly before we get into this, the okay. main story. Mm-hmm. And the scripture is in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Mm-hmm. And I always love the message version. So the message version says this, when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. Mm-hmm. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Mm-hmm. And whenever I read that scripture, I think about you. I think about you. I think about your story. <laughs> I think about how you are in between a rock and a hard place Mm -hmm. and you came out stronger on the other side. Mm -hmm. There was a birthing of a powerful ministry on the other side. Mm -hmm. But even before we get there, how was your childhood? So it's interesting. I had a wonderful childhood. Um, Both parents were in my life. You know, my mom's a pastor. So I'm a PK, as they call it, a preacher's kid. So I grew up, right? I grew up knowing the Lord. I grew up in it. Not to say that I always did right. You know, I was a youngster at one point. I was a 20-year-old at one point, you know. Um, But I knew people had always spoken that there was a ministry in me, that there was a calling on my life. I literally met a stranger on the street who told me, I would be an evangelist who told me, who prophesied things over me in my early 20s that that I was just blown by. And I literally had the list still in my Bible. And I have to say every single thing that that stranger prophesied over me has come true. And so my childhood, you know, it's so interesting that my mom is who gave me, who planted the seeds, let me say. But then I had to realize I had to water them seeds myself. I had to learn and know God for myself. I couldn't learn God through my mother. I couldn't learn God through my father. I had to learn God for myself. So I had to go through those valleys. I had to go through those storms in order for me to move towards my purpose. Not realizing when you're in. So like that scripture, it kept using the word in, I am. And that is the piece that I love to emphasize to women because God delivers you in the storm. Mm -hmm. The disciples were delivered in the storm, right? In the storm. The three Hebrew boys were delivered in the fiery furnace. He didn't didn't remove it. They were delivered in. God is going to deliver us in the pandemic. He's not removing it. And so that is the blessing. The blessing is God is going to do something in whatever you're going through. Right. But you got to recognize it. That's that's key. 
you got to recognize it and you have mm-hmm. to move beyond the fear and face that thing head on to walk into your purpose because you don't get to your purpose until you face the fear first. Wow. Yeah. Is that how we become residue free? Because I realized that your mission is to make women realize that to pursue your purpose, you have to be residue free. It's facing the fear. Mm-hmm. Because because majority of women, and really it's men too, right? Mm-hmm. There's a fear mm-hmm. that we have. And it's the yeah. fear of the unknown. It's mm-hmm. the fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. It's the fear of being too old. It's a fear mm-hmm. of I don't have the skills. It's a fear of I don't have the education. When God don't need none of that. It's a fear. And so as a result of that fear, you don't press forward. You don't go beyond your fear to see what's in that next chapter that God already has for you. And so that residue, that, that residue free is, is turning the page, not looking back. That's what that is. But it's hard to get to because people don't want to face the fear and facing the fear is doing the work. And, and that is the work within. And oftentimes we don't want to self-reflect. We don't want to talk about our issues, our, our struggles, our drama, our stuff that stinks. We don't want to talk mm-hmm. about that. And sometimes it's connected. A lot of times it's connected to our childhood. It's connected to what we internalized from our mother or our father. And oftentimes mm-hmm. it's subconsciously. It's not consciously. It's something that we learn from them and don't even realize that it's a generational cycle. We don't even realize it. And then when we're older, it's like, oh, wow. My mom did that. My dad did that. You see what I'm saying? And that's how the enemy keeps that thing going. But it is moving beyond your fear in order to be residue free. Wow. Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) It's hard. Let me say, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I got a good one. I got a good one. So residue free for me. Mm-hmm. So my ex-husband mm-hmm. said he never wanted to be married. We had been together since 18. So a span of 24 years, dating and married. He never wanted to be married. But guess who remarried? Mm-hmm. He did. He, he remarried. And so me living residue free mm-hmm. is every prayer I prayed, every time I fasted, every journal I wrote in, every tear I shed. My prayer is that his new wife will be the recipient of every blessing that I was trying to receive. Mm-hmm. That is being residue free. Wow. Mm-hmm. Letting go and moving on. Mm-hmm. Wow. You came from a functional home, right? Mm-hmm. They did get divorced. Um, mm-hmm. But again, my dad was still in my life. I had to okay. separate The one piece I struggled with was I kept Mm -hmm. saying, my dad left us. My dad left us. Mm -hmm. And my Mm -hmm. girlfriend said to me, she said, in your daddy, in your life? I was like, yeah. She said, said, no, he left your mom. So once I had, once I understood that piece, then I didn't have any issue with, right? Oh, he Mm -hmm. left us. He left us. Yeah. But my Mm -hmm. parents did divorce. But again, Mm -hmm. you know, it impacted me in a little bit. But once I realized my dad didn't leave me. Yeah. I I, I was loved by both of my parents. Statistics often say that two 
in five of the pastor's children, whenever they get to 15 and older, they, are, they begin to doubt their faith. Did you come to that point where you are doubting your faith when you are maybe 15 and older? I would say I didn't doubt my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but as PKs, we do go left. So when you tell us not to do something, when you tell us no, we want to know why. Because the Bible says so, that's not a good enough reason. <laughs> so oftentimes PKs grow up in, I would say because their parents, I would say a lot of them are married to the church. Mm-hmm. And because parents typically, pastors typically put church first, yes. because of that, the children do not get what they need. And children feel like we are in church all the time versus your first ministry should be home. That's mm-hmm. the first ministry. That's true. Mm. It, it should be home. Mm-hmm. Because when you give more t- attention to the mm-hmm. members and you're not giving the attention to your wife, to your children, something happens. Yeah. And so with a lot of us PKs, with a lot mm-hmm. of us, we go left. We don't do, we, we lose it because it's almost been forced down on us mm-hmm. Yeah. when we, we need to learn God for ourselves. We need to have certain experiences so we can know who God is for ourselves. You know what I mean? It's almost it's almost like being breastfed, forced when we're not hungry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're not hungry, but you're forcing us to eat something that we haven't developed a desire for yet. Yeah. And so unfortunately, a lot of PKs struggle. Um, you know, a lot of PKs struggle and a lot of them you know, don't even come back to the Lord, you know, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't, but it's, it's because they were force fed faith. They were force fed, you know what I mean? And so sometimes you, you not, you know, earthly good. If, if, if that's all you're talking about, like, can Mm -hmm. we have a conversation and you don't say God, you don't say Jesus. Can we just have a conversation and I see the love of God from you? without you even saying his word. Mm. See, Jesus hung out with the sinners. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure he wasn't always preaching. But there was a light, right? There was a light that he had. Mm. There was a love that he had for people. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes a difference. And so sometimes we have to shift, you know, how we also um, introduce faith to our children. Because our children can go astray as you know what I mean? So you got to You have to be careful. You want them to be grounded in the word, but you can't mm-hmm. force feed them. That's true. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Totally. You can't force feed. I like that. So let's go to your story. Whenever I say Dr. Marisha Stewart is a minister and is divorced, mm-hmm. how do you feel when it comes from me like that? So it's interesting because I never wanted the title. Mm-hmm. And so I have to say, so you triggered something. You just triggered something. <laughs> uh-huh. Both, both titles mm-hmm. came from valleys. Mm-hmm. So 
my when so when my ex-husband said he didn't want to be married the first time my mm-hmm. son was just born we had mm-hmm. just gotten married bought a house i got pregnant he wasn't happy i was pregnant soon as my son was born my son i guess was about three months old he said i i don't i don't know if i want to be married and it was at a, a time when you know I waited. I waited nine years. We wait. We mm-hmm. we dated nine years before we got married. And when we got married, we got married in the Bahamas. We had forty people that came. It was a beautiful wow. wedding. It was mm-hmm. as if God just orchestrated everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost a year later, I get this news that you may not want to wanted to do it. Like I, you know, and so. I had to I had to process what was going on. One, I never told my parents. Mm-hmm. I never told my parents. So the one thing, you know, when you get married, you have to learn how to keep your business to yourself. Yeah. Um, and I never told them. Mom actually my mom found out once I became Linus Queen. My mother never knew. Um what? but yeah, <laughs> it's something I mm-hmm. kept to myself. And mm-hmm. so, but from that experience, mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't financially take care of myself. Mm-hmm. If it was going to go, if we were going to split, I knew I couldn't take care of myself. And so I decided mm-hmm. to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And so I went back and got my master's. I enjoyed school so much. I kept going and got my doctorate. Mm-hmm. So it was from that valley. It was from what he said, mm-hmm. pushed me, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. second time it came up, I dealt with suicidal ideation. I dealt with depression. I dealt with anxiety. And yes, Christians can have struggles with their mental health. Yes, this is true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out, like, God, why am I? I'm a counselor. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I know what I say to my kids about it, but why am I struggling? Mm -hmm. And God said to me, it's because of the call on your life. The women that you are going to be touching, the women that you are going to be encouraging through and helping them through this process. And I was like, and so it's from that valley experience. That second one is what pushed me into accepting my calling. So truth be told, my ex did me a favor on both regards. So I thank him because now I am doctor and I thank Mm -hmm. him because now I am minister. And I am bringing life to the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So let's go back slightly. How did you meet? My mom worked with someone who, mm-hmm. who she kept saying her brother, she trying to find somebody good for her brother because mm-hmm. he dates these crazy women or something she was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually it was my mom who hooked us up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, it's interesting you ask that question because God had to say to me, mm-hmm. was it all bad? Was it was it really all bad for you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. <laughs> and it wasn't. It, it was mm-hmm. not. If, if, yeah. if my mm-hmm. ex-husband was on this line, mm-hmm. you would think he was the greatest guy on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if I needed anything, I could call him. Mm-hmm. I would trust, you know what I mean? If I needed anything, 
he he's limited because he didn't know how to love me yeah right and he's limited mm-hmm. because he had going back to childhood mm-hmm. he had childhood issues with his father mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. his father did the exact same thing to his mother mm-hmm. you know okay. his father mm-hmm. took his mother through through a lot mm-hmm. not realizing again subconsciously he did the same thing to me yes right but but in the same regard if you met him he would he would be the he would be the life of the party and so i had good times Mm -hmm. i had good moments Mm -hmm. he gave me the best gift in the world and that was my Mm -hmm. son Mm -hmm. i wanted more children but guess what i'm not gonna have children to keep a man that Mm -hmm. don't work yeah (laughs) that don't work right there they will not stay for no Mm -hmm. baby no 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 he gave me the (laughs) best gift and so if that if that was the purpose that God wanted for me, mm-hmm. that was enough. I, I tell my son all the time, I would go through it all over again just for you. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a treasure. That's a treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I look at the child and I realize that indirectly or directly, they are impacted by the parent's lifestyle. Yeah. How do we help such a situation? Or how do we speak to parents out there concerning that? I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it, it it's challenging when you have a wound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you have a wound, it's challenging to try to help your child through their wound. Because one, we forget that the child has a wound too. From whatever we go through, the child is going through in some regard. They're internalizing something in some regard. Mm -hmm. And the question is, how do you filter your stuff against whoever hurt you and not let the child, because the child should not be your best friend. Mm -hmm. The child should not know everything that happened in the marriage and everything that Mm -hmm. he did to you. The child should not know all of that. Yeah. And so the one thing that, so for myself, mm-hmm. I knew my son would filter things through me. Yeah. Especially a son and a, a son, a son and a mother. That's a connection, right? I automatically mm-hmm. knew that. But what I wanted my son to know, and this is what I've taught him, is I want you to look at your father in a way. Mm-hmm. where you connected back to his upbringing. Mm. I want you to look at your father in a way. What did he grow up and see? Mm. So one, he grew up in a home where the parents lived in separate bedrooms. You mm-hmm. married, but you lived in separate bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Living in separate bedrooms, there's no affection. Mm-mm. Love looks different, mm-hmm. right? Living in a home where daddy was on drugs, daddy was always gone. So I wanted my son to identify certain things that his father grew up with. Then I wanted to fast forward to that experience with the separation. And I wanted to show him the parallel Mm. of what his father did to him Mm -hmm. and what 
my ex did to me and my son. Yeah. And so I wanted to give that foundation because that's all my ex-husband knows. Right? He doesn't know anything different. You know? And so either as a parent, he only, what he only took, because his dad wasn't there for him. His dad never came to baseball games, basketball, football games. And so what my ex-husband held on to is, I got to be at everything my child does. Yeah. Mm. But guess what? Your your child needs more than that. Mm-hmm. But see, that's what he took on. Yes. Your, your, your child needs more than that. You, he needs that emotional connection with you, but I, you can't, he couldn't give it. So if you can't give it, we can't expect it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I, so you have to allow, you have to, and, but again, that's hard. That's hard to really teach your children when you have a wound. Yes. Cause when you have a wound, you want to filter everything through that wound. And I wanted to filter things to my son in a way where he got to see this full picture of his dad's childhood and who he is. Yeah. And so that's that's really how we really have to help our children because we have to help our children see the big picture, but not see it through our womb. Yes. You know, so for example, like my mom, my mom was really hurt by my dad leaving. My mom filtered everything through her womb, which is why I internalized he left us. Which is why I internalized a lot of my mother's hurt. But there was no filter Mm -hmm. of my dad's childhood and who he is. There was no filter of, now this is a hard one. Mm -hmm. What's your stuff? Like, what is it that my daddy didn't like about you? Mm -hmm. There wasn't, that that, that filter don't never come up. Our Mm -hmm. issues don't never come up. It's always their issues. But again, it's how we filter things to our children because we got to learn. We got to learn and teach. We got to teach forgiveness. We got to teach compassion. Mm -hmm. We got to teach love. We got to teach empathy. So there's Mm -hmm. always a reason why people do things, Mm -hmm. right? Good, bad, Mm -hmm. or indifferent. The question is, where did that root start? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's mm-hmm. the kind of picture I tried to portray to my son. Now, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. There is still some hurt there. But I always want him to know your daddy's in your life. You can call him whenever you need to. He calls you. Your daddy's been there for you. We're not perfect. Your daddy's not perfect. Your mommy's not perfect. But he's been there. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, you know, again, it's all about how we filter information to our children so they don't feel that wound that that we have. Because it's not their wound. It's our wound. I know that was a lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. (laughs) Completely okay. Let's relieve the moment. The moment that your husband first told you that I never wanted to get married. What was your first emotion? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I would say rejection mm-hmm. is a wound. That's a stab. Rejection mm-hmm. is a stab. I'm never, mm-hmm. 
I've never been rejected like that before. But in the same regard, I haven't been with a lot of people before. And so being rejected by him was very mm-hmm. challenging. Mm-hmm. And it, what it does is it really taps into what's wrong with me. Yeah. That's what it taps into. Mm. It, it taps into, as you said, your identity. Mm. It taps into, well, did I do something? It taps into so many aspects of your self-identity, your self-esteem. Mm. Mm. to the point where it just hits you in your core. I would mm-hmm. say, you know, we as women, we love really hard. We love hard, you know. We put mm-hmm. all of our effort, we put everything. We mm-hmm. conform so much. They don't conform, but we conform. Yeah. And we and I I do believe that's why God mm-hmm. had to create a second I think we had the second creation. T.D. Jake mm-hmm. said this. The second creation was the better creation because of our ability to conform. Mm-hmm. And we can have different roles. We'll put on different hats. We can do all of them. But in the midst of all of that, we lose who we are. We lose that. And, and that is what I would say happened to me. So over the span of 24 years I lost me yeah I love having fun I love Mm -hmm. being silly Mm -hmm. and I couldn't be that person with my ex I love being loud you know I couldn't be that person with my ex so like I have a nickname Re, and I couldn't be Mm Re. couldn't be that person and so that's the piece the piece it just tapped into my whole being and, and it, 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 you know, it, it, it's a, it's a stab that I didn't know how I was going to heal from. I did not know how I was going to make it. And I felt, I felt like you wasted my time. Yes. Mm. I wanted more children. I wanted mm-hmm. more children. You, mm-hmm. but this is the piece. I wanted more children, but guess what? I never got pregnant again. I wasn't on any birth control. I know God didn't allow it. God didn't allow, yeah. Because God knew my steps. Yeah. Mm. He knew my steps. Yeah. You know. Um, but what's interesting, well, I, you know, I what I love about the Lord, mm-hmm. there's always a ramp. Mm-hmm. And when when it first happened, again, it's fearing that unknown. Mm. That unknown for me was he wasted my time. Cause I was bitter. I was bitter, not better. Mm-hmm. I was bitter. Mm-hmm. Right. That stronghold was, was, was nasty. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I, at that point, I, I, I felt like I was too old. Mm-hmm. I felt like, why would I try to get in a relationship again when I don't know people? Mm-hmm. Where do I go? Like, where is somebody going to find me? Like what? I don't go to clubs. Like I don't go to stuff. You know, everybody in my church is pretty much married. And so how is how is Boaz going to find me? And so, again, Mm -hmm. all of these it's the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's what I call a mental monologue. So as soon as you get stabbed, that mental monologue starts going Mm -hmm. and that enemy starts talking. 
And it don't have nothing connected to the truth, but all these false narratives and false realities mm. and false premises, mm. not connected to the truth, not connected to a faith mindset, mm -hmm. but it just mm. keeps going and going mm -hmm. until we arrest it. And so mm -hmm. I had to get to a point. And the point when the point when I arrested it is when God told me why that stronghold was so strong. Because I had a plan to hurt myself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just in my head. I had a plan. Mm -hmm. But when God arrested that and clarified for me that the calling on my life was for his kingdom and his glory, mm -hmm. that is when I, I got a face to feet. Mm -hmm. That is when I accepted the call. That is when I realized that God used my ex as a pawn to push me to where I am today. And so if he wasn't used as a pawn, I would not be who I am today. I would not be walking in my purpose today because I had to realize there was purpose in my pain. Mm. Wow. Papa's in pain. Mm -hmm. Papa's in pain. I love that. You said a statement. What's wrong with me? That's the first statement that came to mind. How did you pull through from that? How did you gain back your self-identity? You know, you realize that no matter what your husband said, no matter what he said, you're still Marisha Stewart, you know? How did you regain that back? So it was a three-step process for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this is the piece that I was talking about, do the work, right? Now pray about it, do the work. And so the one thing that God had to help me with, because I felt so um, alone, I felt so unwanted, um, God had to help me realize how much he loved me. Mm -hmm. And so there were songs that he gave me, mm -hmm. and I just listened to them over and over and over. And so that is what start started for me, my mm -hmm. healing. Mm -hmm. My healing started with God helping me realize I love you because I didn't feel loved. I had friends that love me. You know, I have I have some really good girlfriends. My pastors love me. You know, my church family loves me. My family, you know, but I still didn't feel loved. And so God had to, to really help me understand I love you. And so once he started that process for me then I started I need to love me again and then I had to realize well who is me hmm. and so I had to go back to well I'm Ray who is Ray <laughs> and so as a result of that re came back mm -hmm. and I wasn't ashamed because hmm. that's really who I was on the inside Mm. And I love being that person, but I couldn't mm -hmm. be that person mm -hmm. because I had to conform. So yeah. I had to do some soul searching to go back to who is Marisha? Who is she? Mm -hmm. And once I learned how to love me again, then God took me to the next level of wow. being open mm -hmm. to trust and love again. Mm -hmm. So it was that three-step process, all dealing with love. Mm -hmm. God's love, my love for myself, mm -hmm. and then learning how to love again. Wow. Wow. 
So in all this, when did you decide to let go and forgive him? And how did that happen? I would say, so it's interesting. I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like that piece is in layers. Mm-hmm. I feel like forgiveness is in layers. Yeah. Um, and it's all connected to my residue. Mm. And I would say once I realized that it was connected to my calling, I would say that was the first layer. Mm. Right. Then when I started walking in it, that was another layer, mm. you know. And so I truly believe that depending on how deep the wound is, there are layers. Yeah. Right. Um, now, you know, because it, 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 you have to get to a point of love of it as if you've never been hurt. Yeah. That's residue free. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. then what happens is there could be a trigger. Takes you back. Mm-hmm. Right. Takes you back. But that is the that is why we have to renew our minds mm-hmm. daily, constantly, every second of the day, because our flesh doesn't always want to submit, really never wants to submit. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have to stay connected to our spirit man so much because that mm-hmm. flesh always it doesn't want to forgive. It doesn't want to love. It doesn't want to show empathy. You know, and so God is like, I need you, I I need you to recognize. So like I had a trigger, uh, not long ago. So I found out my ex purchased a new big home. We used to live in a big home. Yeah. And, you know, God said, you know, it's interesting. I gave, I restored everything that he lost. Mm -hmm. But then he said, I did that for you too. And so I need you to love. And love him because he messed up. He knows he messed up. But guess what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's because we all fall short. Yeah, we all that's fall the piece. Short. That's the piece yeah. God had to help me with. Mm-hmm. We all fall mm-hmm. short. Now, now, now mm-hmm. did you have you ever heard somebody? Yes. Okay. Like we all fall short. And so I understand it disrupted a lot in your life, but you are better because of it and so it's okay that i that i've restored everything back to him that's okay that that is fine yeah let it go mm. so that's what i'm saying it, 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 it i have forgiven him but sometimes i can have a trigger and then god yeah, has yeah. to deal with me and i have to check it i have to arrest it right away mm-hmm. and arrest it because i'm trying to release that residue Because the enemy Mm -hmm. wants you to stay bound. The enemy Mm -hmm. wants you to stay negative. The enemy wants that mental monologue to keep going. Well, maybe, maybe this new wifey is better. Maybe this new wifey, you know, knows how to cook better. Maybe she knows how to love him better. Maybe it's because she likes, you know, she lighted in you. You know, all this mental monologue going on and God's like, stop it. Just, just stop it. Because your life. Your light is better than what it was. Mm-hmm. Now you were with him for a certain time, but there was a certain time, but then it got to a point where he wasn't enough for your crime. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I had to shift some things around. 
I had to because you wouldn't move on your own. That is what God mm -hmm. said to me. You would not move on your own. So I mm. had to shift some feathers to make you move. Mm. See, that's what happens with the eagle. The eagle mm -hmm. destroys the nest so mm -hmm. that the eagle eaglets will, will fall. The eaglets don't know how to fly on their own until they fall. Mm. So God is like, I had to destroy the nest for you because you got too comfortable and where I'm taking you Mm -hmm. His crown couldn't, he couldn't handle your crown. Mm -hmm. Couldn't. Cool. And he can't. Mm -hmm. he, can't. he can't. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I have goosebumps all over my body. I just can't stand this. <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been thinking as you were talking mm -hmm. is there a time when we'll ever be residue free? Is there a time? truly believe mm -hmm. it's almost like holiness mm -hmm. we will not be fully holy mm. until we get our royal crown mm. and I, I, I truly believe we should always be striving for holiness mm -hmm. we should always be striving for being residue free yes. Yes. but because, because of Adam Adam messed us up Right, Adam, it wasn't Eve because God made it. He did the commandment to Adam, not Eve. Mm -hmm. So Adam messed us up. And so mm -hmm. it is that daily renewal that we constantly have to strive to be residue free. And so, like I said, now I'm at a point where when stuff comes up that, that stinks, God, God gets me right away. Where before mm -hmm. I'd be like, but now... Mm -hmm. I know it's necessary mm -hmm. because it's necessary for my wound to heal. Now, it, my wound may, may never fully heal until I get to heaven. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. But yeah. I should always be striving mm -hmm. to keep that wound clean. Yes. So it can heal. Heal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Marisha, mm -hmm. I'd like you to encourage someone who is experiencing a state of depression right now mm -hmm. as a result of something he or she is going through mm -hmm. or someone who is at the verge of a suicidal attempt at the moment, would you talk to that person? So I would say, first of all, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. That is something I truly believe that we as Christians we always try to make people put on a mask. And the mask, unfortunately, just prolongs really exposing what's going on. It prolongs really trying to figure out what is the root of that thing? What, where is that stronghold coming from? Because oftentimes, it's not the thing that happened to you. It, it, it's not the thing that happened to you, but it, it is that root that is in you from something you've gone through. And then as a result, it created a stronghold, right? And so it, it's okay to not be okay. Mm. And it is okay to get help. I truly believe in holistic approach. Mm. I truly believe that we have, we take care of our physical health. We go to the doctor when we sick. 
Mm-hmm. People going to the doctor, you know, because they think they have COVID-19 and they're not afraid to go. But we don't do the same as it relates to our mental health. We, we, we don't. We have our spiritual health. We go to church. We go meet with our pastors, get counseling. But we don't take care. Sometimes you need a professional mm-hmm. to help you take care of your mental health. And really, oftentimes we're scared to do it. But the only thing they do is try to work with you, ask you questions, because the answer is already in you. And that's what the enemy don't want you to know. Yeah. The answer is already in you. So you Mm -hmm. are afraid to face it. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, if you take that holistic approach, if you, if you find yourself in a place where you cannot handle that mental monologue, Mm -hmm. go get help Mm -hmm. because, because, because all it'll do, all they'll, all they're going to do, they'll give you a toolbox. They'll let you know, what all of the different tools do, you got to apply it and figure out how, which tool will work for you. Yeah. It's not, it's not a magic thing. It's not witchcraft. No, it's figuring out what strategy can help you manage that Mm -hmm. mental monologue. Because once you manage it, right, then you can use the word to apply over it, yeah. right? But you got to stop that mental monologue first. Mm-hmm. You, you got to stop that first. And so once you manage that, then mm-hmm. you can apply the word because the word of God goes deep. It goes deep. Mm-hmm. Between, the, the, between the, uh, the joints and the marrow, it goes deep. And so, and so it's the combination of taking care of your physical health, your spiritual health, and your mental, and your mental health. health. And it's okay. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, unfortunately, there's that stigma when it comes to mental health. But again, sometimes you need help with it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not witchcraft. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can get pushed to a place. Like, I never thought I would be pushed to a place where I wanted to hurt myself. But life happens. Mm-hmm. Life happens. And the, and the thing that you have to, we all have to realize is our flesh gets weak. Jesus's flesh got weak and he had to go into the garden. It's like, I need you to take this cup from me because I don't know if I can deal with it. He got to a point where he was overwhelmed. He got to a point where he didn't know if he could go along with it. He's like, okay, God, I always knew this was the plan. Daddy, I knew this was the plan. I knew this was what we were supposed to do, but I don't know if I can do it. I I don't know. And guess what? When you feel that way, it's okay. God is like, it's okay. Mm. But God is also like, give it to me. That's the issue. Hold on, give it to him. Because when we give it to him, we take it back. We give it to him, we take it back. (laughs) Right? We give it to him, we take it back. Yeah. And Jesus had to come to the end of himself. Mm. And it is it is in that space and place that I had to come to of surrender. Mm. And when you come to the place of surrender, mm. you realize there is purpose in your pain. Mm. 
Yes. You realize that God didn't take you on this journey. You think it's a detour, but it was all a journey. Mm. It was a journey pushing you into where God is calling you for the kingdom. Mm. Because it is for a purpose and a reason, but it's connected to your destiny. It is connected to that next chapter. Mm. And so God is five chapters ahead and you're stuck in a chapter that God didn't intend you to be stuck in. Mm. but it is that surrender. Jesus had to surrender. And so do we, it is that cross. Jesus had a cross. So Mm. do we. Mm. And so you got to accept the cross that you're given. Mm. And when you accept the cross, then you will realize the connection. There was purpose in your pain. Mm. And when you realize that, You'll be ready to turn the chapter. And when I say turn the chapter, Mm. miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I just feel like I want to come and hug you and say thank you. (laughs) You've really blessed my heart. Amen. I feel like this time is not wasted. I'm encouraged myself. And I know someone out there is encouraged. But before we even come to a close, Dr. Marisha, mm-hmm. I'd like you to answer a few questions. I okay. call them the five questions of the wall. But before those five of the wall questions, how did the Lioness podcast come about? I listened to it and I was like, I have to subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> So I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell you Mm -hmm. something. So I Mm -hmm. am remarried. Mm -hmm. I am happily remarried. Ah, wow. And and I have to say, it was my Mm -hmm. husband. Mm. I brought it up to my husband and he said to me, he Mm -hmm. said, babe, I really believe that Mm -hmm. everything that you've experienced and gone through, I truly believe that you have a word for to help women mm. and I and I you know I, when he said it I was like wow and so mm. I'm remarried and I have to say I've never been watered like this in my life mm. um, very similar to I talked about the three steps that God had to help me through yeah. so it's almost as if God's water replacing water with love God's water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learning how to water myself mm-hmm. and learning what water I need in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I have to say, I've never been watered like this before in my life. I've never been with someone who mm-hmm. loves, he loves to see me in ministry. Yeah. Like, I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and and he's not, and he's not, he's not a minister. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid of it either, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? He's not afraid that I may know more scriptures, that I know how to preach. He's not afraid. He's not intimidated. But when I tell you he is my biggest cheerleader, like he is, let me just say, now I know I have a lot of faith, but that man has a faith that is out of this world. So he was diagnosed with colon cancer two years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And the night before his surgery, he said to God, I refuse to give up on you. Don't give up on me. Mm. Who says that? 
says that? that? I refuse <laughs> to give up on you. So God, don't give up on me. God. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm telling you, when I say, when I say, mm-hmm. when you connect purpose to your pain, and in that next chapter will be miracles, signs, and wonders. Mm-hmm. I am a testimony mm-hmm. of that because that is what God has done in mm-hmm. my life. And I have to mm-hmm. say again, because of my ex, mm-hmm. I would not experience the love I experience now. No. And the crazy thing, crazy. This mm-hmm. used to be my son's drum teacher. Mm-hmm. And when we first met, yeah, yeah. So when we first met six, mm-hmm. oh, six, seven years ago, when we first met, when he met me, he said, I was mad at God. I said, what? Why was you mad? He said, because I thought there were no good women in the world. Yeah. And I said, it's a lot of good women in the world. What you talking about? But see, we as women say there are no good men in the world. But guess what? Well, yeah. We say the same thing. There are no mm-hmm. good women in the world. And he said, when I met you, he was like, God, how are you going to do this to me? And she's taken. Not realizing. Mm-hmm. Fast forward. Five years later. That we would start dating and then get married. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. God knows how to orchestrate his things. You know, God is such a master planner. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how is it in the women's ministry? I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it is fire. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it, you know, it's interesting. I um I said to myself, I didn't realize how how much it was therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. I believe I that every mm-hmm. time I have an episode. And I am speaking out. And this is this is this is what happens to ministers because God gives us a word for the people. Mm-hmm. He gives us a word for us too. We're supposed yeah. to be listening in too. It's mm. applicable to all if we take heed. Mm. And so as I'm ministering out, I am ministering to myself. Mm. And it really, it 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 has really impacted me where you know, oftentimes, especially in our church, people will come up to me or my husband and say, well, typically they'll say it to him, man, she is so different since you came into her life. She has really come out of the shell and it has, you know, I really have embraced ministry. You know what I mean? And so I'm telling you, number one, it ministers to me. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And I and 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 if I don't if I don't have one listener, mm-hmm. God is doing a work in me. Yeah, I know it's blessing other women, and it's so crazy. I had a conversation with a coworker today, and she was just talking mm-hmm. about how she loves how I just bring up and talk about things that aren't necessarily talked about in church. Mm-hmm. You know, to help women and help women yeah. grow. You know, yeah. and so yeah. I know the ministry is blessing women all over the world. You know, even my uh, best girlfriend, we have a, a women's ministry that we do once a month mm-hmm. and she's experienced divorce twice. And just just her. She's always loved being in the background, never mm-hmm. like being in the front. And I pushed her to the front 
because again, so it's a calling on her life. So we both went into ministry the same time. Mm -hmm. We both are walking this thing out at the same time, but she recognizes how that her pouring out is pouring into her, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, if I don't get one listener, it ministers life to me. And that's what matters. And if it ministers to you, then someone out there is definitely ministered to you. Yeah. The five questions of the world. Are you ready? <laughs> ready. <laughs> if you could go back and give your 18-year-old advice, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, that's a good one. That is a really good one. Um if I went back to 18, I got to go back some years now. I might not look it, girl. I might not look it. I'm almost 50. I'm almost 50. What? No. Yes. I'm, I told you I don't. Um, if I had to go back to 18. So 18 mm-hmm. would be when I first graduated from high school. Mm. You know, actually, I have to actually say that I don't know if I have any advice because mm-hmm. I truly believe that my steps are ordered. Yeah. And everything that happened, I had to learn. Mm-hmm. I had some bumps in the road, mm. but I had to learn. And me learning those bumps, it just shaped me into who I am. Like I have an adult son right now who's 19 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I want to shield him from so much. I want to protect him from so much, but looking back, I -hmm. realized those bumps in the road just shaped me to who I am today. And so I don't necessarily say I would have advice because I Mm -hmm. truly believe God planned it and orchestrated just the way it was supposed to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Can I twist your answer a bit? Uh-huh. Say that God God has ordered your steps, right? I think mm-hmm. that in itself is an advice to your 18-year-old self that God will order your steps. <laughs> yeah, that is a piece of advice. That will that would be, yeah, that would be yeah. that would be good. That would be good, uh-huh. even in the midst of my valleys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Romans 8:28, that all yes. things work together. It, even even when I step in the wrong place, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my steps are still ordered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. The second question: What's an insult you receive that you're proud of? An uh, insult. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. I. I, that's not something that happens often to me. Um, I have to say, okay, so I do have to say working in a school, mm-hmm. I, I can't necessarily say that I, um, I can't necessarily 
remember a specific mm-hmm. incident, right? But mm-hmm. I would say being a counselor in a high school mm-hmm. and the specific high school that I work in, um, a lot of the families are very, very privileged. Mm. And as a result, um, as a result of that, um, parents bully. Mm. Yeah, they really, and they, and they, and they bully in a way where it's, you know, it, you know, it's almost as if we're getting paid to lie on their kid, you know? Um, and so I, that for me, those incidences for me, um, I have to remind myself going back to identity. I have to remind myself that what they're saying to me is not me, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they're filtering the issue through their pain, through whatever that they're seeing. It's Mm -hmm. not me, right? Because really they don't know me, but Mm -hmm. their words attack me. And so it's, it it, is. And so I have to, in my mindset, detach what they say Mm -hmm. to Marisha, because they're not talking Mm -hmm. about Marisha. I know Marisha. And that's not Marisha. So I have to detach myself Mm. from what they say. But we as counselors, and this is the beginning of the school year, we're about to go back in the building and they're already starting to have nasty emails and Mm. things of that nature. Not realizing we're a person, Mm. not realizing we have feelings, not realizing I really could make your child's life hard, Mm. right? They don't realize all those things. Yeah. And, but again, it's, it's make, it's detaching because they're not family. Mm-hmm. They're not my supervisor. They really mm-hmm. don't mean anything to me. Right. I'm doing a service for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing a service for you. And then the other piece I have to realize what I I've learned mm-hmm. is you may try to get everything that you want here by bullying, by insulting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but guess what? In the real world that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't learn or if your child doesn't learn that experience here, mm-hmm. they will learn it in the real world. Yeah. But it's detaching. Yeah. It, that is detaching myself from the stuff that they say because they're filtering it through some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Detaching. I like that. Mm-hmm. The third question. What's the one question you wish I'd asked you and how would you have, have answered it? Oh, that you got some good questions. <laughs> um, well, I would say, how was my mm-hmm. relationship with my ex's family since the divorce? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the only reason I say that is because when me and my ex split, mm-hmm. I moved three times. So I moved one time, I moved another time so my son mm-hmm. could go to my high school. The third time I moved, I I moved in with my ex's mother. Uh, And so I have to say, Mm -hmm. the first time my ex said that he didn't know if he wanted to be married to me, Mm -hmm. his mother was my, she was my support. Oh my. She was, because she went through it with his dad. Mm. Right. And so Mm. she had been, she's like a mom. She's a second mom to me. And, um, and I love her 
love her dearly. She calls me every few weeks to check on us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And even though I'm remarried, you know, whatever she calls, she asks about my husband first. I try not to feel slighted. Like you asking about him first, first you ask about me first. Cause I'm like a daughter, yeah. but yeah, we, we, um, and so because, because we, we have been family for years, his, his yeah. family was really, yeah. his family was so mad at him. They all yeah. were just upset. I'm yeah. telling you, but yeah. today I would say today, his family, you know, they'll still say you're my family. They still love me. They still treat me like family, you know, um, and I'm appreciative of that. I think it's uncomfortable for him at times, but we've been together for so long, you know, you just can't, it's hard. Now, sometimes it's hard for me because I miss them, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have a new family now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and remember I wanted more children. Well, my husband has three you know, and so that was the rant. Yeah. I, I got three children and I have to give birth <laughs> and I have four grandchildren. Like God just gave me a ram that just blew my mm. mind. And see, my son is the only, but now my son mm. has siblings. Now my son mm. has nieces and nephews For yeah. God just mm. gave me even greater and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I like that. I'm glad you talked about that. <laughs> The fourth question, this podcast is mainly geared towards living a day at a time because most people will worry about tomorrow and rob the joys of today. So Mm -hmm. how do you maximize on your today? So that is really interesting because um, Mm -hmm. that's what you would call being mindful. Yeah. Right. Being mindful of the moment, being present, which is a present. And I think too much we worry about tomorrow and we don't live for the moment, you know? Um, And I think that's something a lot of us struggle with is living in the moment. And so I love to encourage women, live your best, your best life now. Now, yeah. Live your life like it's golden, you know, Mm -hmm. live it now. Don't put off what you can do today, you know? And so often We put off things, not realizing 30 years go by Mm. and God has been asking you when you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, when you're going to do it. And sometimes he gives the assignment to somebody else, Yeah, you know? And so, you know, God wants us to live out our best lives today, you know, like as um, the Lord's prayer, right? Our father who art in heaven, I will be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven right Mm, yeah and so the kingdom is here too Mm. it's just your perspective of it and so you got to have that right perspective and so that's the one thing that I try to uh challenge myself is do I have the same perspective God has right now Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. wow Thank you for that. Final question. Where can listeners find you online? I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> so you can find, you can find, um, so I have a website, 
I am the lioness queen.com. But my podcast, um, you can find on any podcast platform. So I'm on iTunes, I'm on Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spreaker. Um, yeah, at pretty much every pod. I didn't realize, I just learned I was on Amazon. Amazon has one called Audible. So I'm on every platform. Um, Facebook, the Linus Queen. I'm on Instagram, Reverend Dr. Linus Queen. I'm everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> I'm everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like your personality. I love your energy. We can go on and on and on. I could go on, and I, look, it don't even seem like I went to work today. Doesn't even seem like I dealt with bullying parents today, does it? Oh my God. I love. So this, this is what I love. It, mm. it, it gives me life. It brings me life. But again, I had to get to that place of surrender to yeah. realize there's purpose in my pain because this right yeah. here doesn't feel like work to me. Yeah. It's a service and I love yeah. serving my women. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. I can see it and yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm so grateful for your time. I'll definitely have you back. I would Thank love you. to be back. Any topic, <laughs> any topic you want to talk about, I can talk, girl. I can talk. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inspiring women out there, including me. May God continually bless the works of your hands. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was. heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.